Hi, everybody. Hey, we're having a baptism today. Now, let me give you a glimpse into the anxieties that a pastor experiences. I have this recurring fear that I'm going to come in on a Sunday morning of a baptism and somehow this tank mysteriously overnight will have drained dry or be ice cold. I have to look at it to reassure myself. I've become intimately acquainted with this baptismal tank and the apparatus that runs it. I'll let you in on how it works. There's a, there's a, the tank fills up, and there's a special valve that when the tank is filled, it shuts off the fill valve and turns on the heater and the pump. That little switch does not work. I took a coffee stirrer straw from out back earlier this week, wrapped some tape around it, and jammed it into that switch so that the pump and the heater will work. I guess when your system depends on a plastic straw, you have reason to feel anxious about it. <laughs> but I assure you, it's, it's ready to go. And we have this morning, we're going to hear the salvation testimonies of 10 individuals and witness their baptisms. And these, these 10 individuals are taking a step of obedience to Jesus Christ, following a pattern that's been laid out in the New Testament. The step of believers' baptism by immersion following their profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So I'm going I'm to um, sort of set the stage, so to speak, for what you're about to witness in these, in these baptisms this morning. And I want you to look with me just briefly at the account in the New Testament of the very first public baptism following the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's found in Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to attempt to ask and answer the question, are we practicing New Testament baptism? So we'll look at this baptism account together in Acts chapter 2. I'll set the stage by saying we're going to jump into a sermon that's being delivered by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, a day considered the birthday of the church, where the Holy Spirit had descended upon the Jesus followers manifested himself through different signs and wonders, and now Peter is proclaiming the message of salvation through faith in Jesus. At verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, we jump into his sermon, sort of right in the middle. Follow along as I read it. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. <clears throat> this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, <clears throat> with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Now fast forward to verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. <clears throat> Two things that I'd like to mention about New Testament baptism, and the first is this. New Testament baptism is tied closely to and yet distinct from personal salvation. Think about that again. New Testament baptism is tied closely to and yet distinct from personal salvation. Now, some Bible passages, including the one we just read, um, sound upon first reading as if baptism is an essential step for salvation from sin. Upon a casual reading of this text, you might conclude that baptism is one of the essential steps required for forgiveness of sin and the experience of salvation. You can see this in, as you read verse 38 again. Listening to what Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So it sounds like if you want forgiveness, you'll have to do two things. Repent and be baptized. But I want you to jump down to verse 41 because we get some clarification here. Verse 41 tells us that those who accepted his message were baptized. You see, so having accepted the truth of what Peter had been speaking, the truth of Jesus as Savior, they chose to publicly identify themselves with that message and declare their allegiance to Jesus by being baptized. And I think what happens sometimes is we read verses, texts like this, because baptism was often practiced on the very same day that a person placed his or her faith in Jesus, that proximity of, of, of faith with baptism makes them seem as one and the same. And that's true in this passage and others in the New Testament. But I want to explain to you that we do not understand the ordinance of baptism as having any salvific efficacy, that is, inherent saving power, just by virtue of undergoing the ritual of baptism. I assure you that this tank behind me is not filled with holy water. It has come from the Mount Laurel Township Municipal Utilities Authority, the same water with which I brewed my coffee this morning. It is heated, but it's not holy. It will not wash away sin, but it will picture, represent, symbolize the washing away of sin that is ours through faith in Christ. You know what else it will symbolize and picture? Our union with Christ in his death as these ten individuals go under the water, symbolizing their death to an old way of life and come up out of the water, their union with Christ in his resurrection, their resurrection to a new way of life, a life with Jesus as Lord and Savior. To further, to use another passage from the book of Acts to clarify this difference between saving faith and then the subsequent step of believer's baptism, I want to consider the words of the Apostle Paul in Acts 16, 31. Now, in this context, he and his, his uh, uh, co co-worker Silas have been imprisoned for speaking about Jesus. They are in jail. 
Despite the circumstances, they're singing praises to God and telling the other prisoners about faith in Christ. And suddenly there's an earthquake. The chains fall off all the prisoners. And the jailer in this town, in this jail in the city of Philippi, comes rushing in, ready to kill himself because it will be his head that's required if the prisoners escape. And he cries out one question to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Stop the tape. Now, before Paul and Silas answer, I would like to give them a little bit of advice as follows. Guys, before you answer, I need you to realize you don't have a lot of time here. This guy is about to kill himself. You don't really have time to present a sermon. In fact, if you could limit your answer to one succinct, succinct statement, I think that would be best under the circumstances. Just give them the truth of the gospel in a nutshell, the bare bones. Don't beat around the bush. Just tell them in one short statement what he has to do to be saved. Thanks. All right, let's resume the tape. Acts 16.31. They replied, in answer to the question, what must I do to be saved, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Did you hear it? One word, one imperative, one command. Believe. They didn't say, bring us water so you can get baptized or fill the nearest bathtub or take us to the nearest river and we will dunk you real quick. No, just one word, belief. Paul would later write in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, by grace you're saved through faith. That's belief. Not by works. That's it. Just believe. Now, as you read on in Acts 16, you'll see that this man and his family were indeed baptized that very same night. But not to bring about their salvation, but to confirm it and declare it and to celebrate it, just as these 10 individuals are going to do here behind me in, a, in just a few minutes. You see, believing in Jesus means admitting that you are a sinner and you cannot save yourself. It means having a change of mind and heart. Repent, Peter said. A change of heart and mind where we turn from sin and turn to Christ because he is the only one who can save us having paid the penalty for our sin and his death on the cross so that we can be forgiven. That's saving faith, just belief. So a second thing in the New Testament, about New Testament baptism, it is, it is tied closely to, but distinct from personal salvation. The second thing is this. New Testament baptism is a public declaration of a believer's full surrender to Jesus Christ. For those entering the water today, this is not their moment of salvation. And we often today at FCC will separate a person's decision to put their faith in Christ from their subsequent baptism. We'll separate it by days or weeks, months, sometimes years. So that there's time for the reality of a person's faith to be tested and proved in their life. These individuals that you'll see this morning have spent considerable time on both sides of a relationship with God. You'll hear about time apart from God in which they attempted in vain to fill their lives with other things, things which cannot satisfy. And then you'll hear about time inside of a relationship with God through Christ 
finding that Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life, and learning what it means to live a life of full surrender to him. So we're addressing the question, if New Testament believers were baptized on the very same day, why are we putting so often so much time between that saving moment and their subsequent baptism? One reason is that not everyone comes to faith in Jesus at a moment in time that they can specifically recall and record. Some do, but not others. For others, as you'll hear their stories today, it has been more of a process. Though all believers experience a spiritual birthday when they are born again, not all of us can recall precisely when that happened. And a second reason to put some space between a person's decision to, to uh, accept Christ and their subsequent baptism is, as I've already mentioned, the value that there is in giving the necessary time for the reality of a person's faith to be proved and manifested in their life. Has my life really been changed? Have I experienced the reality of a changed life due to Christ's spirit now living in me? Or did I merely raise my hand or repeat a prayer while emotionally moved in a church service or even pressured by a, a zealous evangelist? The passing of time often reveals to us the reality of our faith as it's tested in life experience. Now, think back to the 3,000 individuals who were baptized on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. They took that step knowing full well the risk to their own lives that was represented by proclaiming their allegiance to the one who had been killed just a matter of weeks earlier. They knew they might be Next, you only have to read two chapters further into the book of Acts to see the reality of persecution that would break out against these followers of Jesus. They realized, maybe in ways many of us have not, that public surrender to Jesus Christ was an all-in, no-turning-back moment in their lives. Now, no, though the threat of death may not be threat of death by persecution may not be foremost in the minds of these 10 individuals today. I believe that by being baptized, this is their line in the sand, no turning back moment of full surrender to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they've taken the necessary time to process that commitment in the crucible of real life. So, yes, I believe that what we're going to witness this morning, the baptism of these ten individuals, is a true representation of New Testament baptism. They'll be declaring their faith in Jesus Christ and their commitment to live a life fully surrendered to him. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to hear from them. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Mark, who's going to enter the tank, and we're going to hear and witness the testimonies and baptisms of these 10 individuals today. John did a tremendous job, and I, I won't get electrocuted doing this. Don't worry. Um, <clears throat> John.
John did a tremendous job giving the background of baptism, and I'm just going to read two verses that tie exactly in what he was talking about this morning. In Romans 6, Paul said, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. John did a great job talking about the reality of baptism is a public visual, a testimony of, a, of a, an, it's an external uh, picture of an inner reality. We have a person that has received Jesus Christ as Savior. One of the things Romans in the New Testament says is you, you died to an old way of life where you were at the driver's seat, where you were the Lord of your life. You've been raised to a new way of life where Christ is now center, where Christ is beginning to make changes in your life because of his lordship there. And when we baptized individuals this morning, what I will say as I baptize them in the water is I'll say in the likeness of his death because baptism visualizes dying to an old way of life, going below the water, and in the likeness of his resurrection, we are raised, as Paul says here in in Romans chapter 6, to a new way of life with Christ as Lord and center. And so each of these people, just by this action this morning, is testifying the desire to have Jesus Christ live as Lord of their lives, that have, they already embraced him as Savior and Lord. But their testimonies also will flesh that out as you hear the unique and creative ways that God just pursues people through their testimonies. I'm going to ask Bruce Kenny to join me, Bruce to join me here. Bruce, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. We're going to hear a little bit about that. Hi, my name is Bruce Kenny. I was raised in a Christian home. My parents taught me about God and the need for salvation. Uh, I remember when I was young, praying t with my father and asking Christ into my life. Um, uh, we started going to this church when I was about um, six or seven, not too long after my father went home to be with the Lord. And um, uh, God put some godly men in my life. Um, and helped me grow closer to him and uh, know him closer and uh, started to go into uh, growth groups and youth group and uh, God also used that in my life to uh, uh, teach me more about him. I asked uh, Christ into my heart many times uh, but I was still unsure um, if I was saved. Um, after high school my friends um, moved off to college and uh, uh, moved away. Um, I still had a couple friends that were still here that hadn't graduated. Um, and we, we built a, uh, an accountability group together and we um, decided to uh, start helping us out and God helped me out that way. Um, growing closer and closer to Him, um, I, uh, I asked God at one point to give me the hunger to, uh, to know Him. And He did. Um, and I felt like I was uh, invincible and that Satan couldn't ever touch me. Um, but uh, after that, um, my friends, uh, they, would, they graduated high school and um, then they, they all moved away too. And uh, um, 
I found myself uh, by myself for the most part around uh, worldly people at work and just having friends really only at work and not in uh, um, in, the, in the church, really just unplugged from the church. I lost the joy that I had when I was with my Christian friends. Uh, and there was a time when I found myself on a path that um, was, was only bringing me down. Um, at the time, I was considering marrying my girlfriend um, and uh, I just, I couldn't, um, God just wouldn't let me do it. I, for some reason, I just knew that I couldn't do that. Um, and, and I hated it. I didn't, didn't like that um, because I wanted to move on with my life and I wanted to um, just do what I wanted to do. I believed that as long as I, you know, believed in God and um, knew that he was there, that uh, God would be okay with that but he wasn't. I ended up in a point in my relationship with my girlfriend that we weren't going anywhere and we didn't know, um, we couldn't see a future in it. And we both came to the conclusion that um, we just needed to, to break up and go separate ways. Um, and we did, and I didn't know where I was lost. I didn't know what to do. Um, I was, um, it was a dark time for me. Um, my soul was, was starving and I, I, I needed I needed God. Um, I ended up crying out to God and asking for forgiveness from Him. And, uh, and I decided at that point to live my life um, um, for God and to use to, for Him to be my Lord and my Savior um, instead of just my Savior. Um, it wasn't long after that um, that I, I met my, my now bride. We started going to a Bible study together and um, uh, before long, before I knew it, I had a, I had a best friend that I could tell anything to. Um, and uh, it, it, was, it was good. God started blessing my life in that way. Um, I didn't start dating her because uh, for months because I didn't know if it was me or if it was God's will. I wanted to know that this was what God wanted me to do. Um, I, I did end up dating her, and then I married her. Now I have four kids with her. I praise God for his, uh, his grace, his patience, his persistence, and his love. Um, I wouldn't be here today um, without him. I want to be baptized today because Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Um, and the Holy Spirit has put this on my heart, um, and, and he's telling me to. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> Bruce, is it your desire to publicly testify of your faith in Christ by being baptized? Yes, it is. Okay. Bruce, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death, likeness of his resurrection. Dave is going to join me.
When you look at Dave, you realize there's an athlete. And yet, as you'll hear in Dave's story, God allowed Dave to go through some very challenging physical things recently that are affecting even his balance. And just delighted to have Dave up here this morning. Dave, you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Yes, I do. We want to hear about that story now. Hi, my name's Dave, and today I'm uh, ready to take my next step in my walk with my faith with, uh, with the Lord. Living a life of, of unhappiness the majority of my life, um, it led to some really bad and dark places uh, throughout my life. And um, it, it was a, a constant struggle to always try to find you know, that happiness in my life. And uh, I would try to mask it through um, lifting weights, changing, you know, changing my body, bodybuilding competitions, um, girlfriends, making money, and just never could seem to find happiness. Um, and this, this all went along pretty much for the majority of my life. And then, uh, at, unfortunately, at the age of 42, uh, I turned to alcohol to mask the majority of my problems. And uh, my life was uh, very fast. Uh, spun out of control, and um, I knew at that point, you know, I had to do something to uh, to ultimately find peace and happiness in my life, and uh, and I did. I went, um, got some help, went into a uh, drug and alcohol re rehabilitation center, and uh, and upon getting out, um, that's when I eventually found the Lord. Um, getting through my recovery, uh, I've grown cl uh, closer to uh, to God. And um, so for the last two years, almost two years now, uh, I've been in recovery. And uh, since that time, um, you know, things, you know, some pretty amazing things have been happening. Um, but I didn't get really close to the Lord until um, this past summer. Um, unfortunately, I was rushed to the hospital in late June, um, thinking I was uh, sick with bronchitis. Uh, upon uh, arriving to the uh, hospital, uh, they quickly realized it was worse than uh, bronchitis. It was uh, heart failure, and um, I wound up uh, wind up coding. Um, they gave me medication to relax me, and it actually made my blood pressure plummet. And I wound up coding, and both sides of my, both sides of my heart um, had died. Um, doctors came out and told my family members, "I don't know if I'm going to make it or not." And uh, they didn't have the means to treat me at this specific hospital. And so I, I was told, to, my family was told that they had to uh, transport me to another hospital. And I was over in Philadelphia at Penn, Penn Hospital. And uh, upon arrival, again, the doctors, there's a team of doctors there, five cardiologists, and once again told my family members um, because of the situation in my heart um, and, and how, uh, how damaged it was that I probably wasn't going to make it and call loved ones to come up. And, say their goodbyes. Uh, lo and behold, uh, six procedures and 12 hours later, um, I made it. And uh, now I really don't remember anything. And I was in a coma for 16 days. And, um, and I woke up 16 days later to find out I suffered from heart failure, uh, couldn't move, lower body couldn't move at all. I had no function uh, due to the trauma from the life support machines that I was hooked up to. Uh, and um, it was a lot to process. Up upon waking and you know processing all this, um, I was left alone for a little bit, and I was a little emotional for for a few minutes. And at that point, I just you know turned to God and asked Him you know to uh, to take control. And uh, and He did. From that point on, you know I put my faith in, in God, and and He is um, 
he's led the way and uh, some amazing and miraculous things that just continue to keep happening through my recovery that shouldn't have happened. Uh, first off, I wasn't even supposed to survive and I did. And um, my recovery was supposed to take six, seven months. Uh, I had to learn how to walk again and um, learning how to walk, recovering through th this process has been uh, at a pretty rapid pace, a pace that wasn't expected. And all along, I just know that that's, uh, you know, God had his hands in and all that. Now, I'm, because of all this, I'm, uh, I'm ready to take my, my next step with, uh, in my walk of faith with, uh, with the Lord. I know he's helping you physically because just before this service, I was talking to John Galt, John Galt, big rugged guy in our church, and he was whining about the fact for three months he didn't have to do legs in his workout until you <laughs> got back, and now, now you're killing him. Um, Dave, is it your desire to publicly testify of your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes, it is. Dave, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the likeness of his death, the likeness of his resurrection. Gary's going to join me. Gary, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. We're going to hear about it. Hi, my name is Gary Williams. I'm pleased to be here on this beautiful Sunday. I was sprinkled baptized in a denominational church when I was an infant. I went through life in that denomination up until about 20 years ago when I met a woman who is now one of my best friends. And through her, I met her son. He started to read the Bible, and he got me interested in reading the Bible. After that, we were talking about how we weren't learning anything in our formal denomination. So she decided that Sunday she would stop in and see a service, and she, I believe she chose a 915 service. That afternoon, she called me and told me about fellowship. She asked if I would like to come. I said, of course I would. So the, fo the following Sunday, I believe it was the third Sunday of January 2018, I came to the service, the 915 service. Well, I was overwhelmed by the hymns, the band on the stage, I enjoyed uh, Pastor Mike's welcoming, but when Pastor Mark got up and started to speak his passionate sermon, and he did share some setbacks in his own life, I was just overwhelmed with belonging, believing, and reconnecting the right way with Jesus Christ. And it's through this wonderful church is why I am here and why I want to be baptized. The other thing I would like to explain 
why I want to be baptized is the visual picture that I have when I am immersed. And when Pastor Mark pulls me up, it will be a vision of the new way of life with Jesus Christ. And Jesus did say in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. I do believe in Jesus. He is my Lord, he is my Savior, and he is my salvation. Gary, is it your desire to publicly testify of that faith in Christ by being baptized? Yes, I do. Gary, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death, in the likeness of his resurrection. Hannah's going to join me now. <laughs> Hannah, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. We're going to hear about it. Hi, I'm Hannah Parker. I'm here to be baptized today. I grew up in an all-Christian family. Uh, I've been going to this church for my whole life. <laughs> my dad's a pastor, and I just have always known all the stories um, and been taught all the stories. But I didn't really know for myself what it was um, until one day when me and my brother got in a fight and I was so angry, I remember. Um, but my brother Joe helped me to realize that um, I can't rely on myself, I have to rely on God. Um, so I prayed the prayer with him and accepted him into my heart, but I didn't really like fully accept him. I wasn't really trusting him at all times um, until this summer when my mom had a hemorrhagic stroke and a bunch of other things in my life were happening. Um, and I had to just rely on him for everything, um, which is not what I tend to do. I tend to rely on myself a lot. But I remember being in Trenton with the youth um, ministry. Uh, we went to spread God's love to the kids there. And I was reading my favorite verse, uh, Psalms 139, 14, and it's, um, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. Um, and that was crazy because it was like such an answer because my mom had been in the hospital for months and she had just got out. So it was really a blessing. Um, that verse has always been such a, uh, amazing words to me that has spoken to me. But then I remember just like <laughs> falling on the ground and <laughs> realizing that I can't rely on myself ever. I need to rely on him and he is my rock in everything um, and 
then that's why I'm getting baptized today. To testify that I am not my own, I am his child, and he is the one that I belong to. Anna, is it your desire to testify to your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes, it is. And it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The likeness of the likeness of the Son. Judy's going to join me. Judy, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. We're going to hear about it. Hello, my name is Judy. When I was 12 years old, I was awoken from my sleep and looking at my wall, I found an an angel. She said to me, blessed are, they, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I, after she said it, she disappeared, and I leaped out of bed and ran and got my Bible to find where this verse was, and it's in Matthew 5, 4. And I thought, well, I'm 12 years old. That was neat. Next day was Sunday, so I went to church, talked to my Sunday school teacher, and she thought, wow, there must be, there's a message there for you. You need to pay attention to that message. You know, continued on with my going to that church until the church finally moved. They moved to Merchantville. I moved to Clementon moved from there to Massachusetts, got married. Well, the man that I married was a great person, but he was Catholic. And after the kids were raised, we'd grown, you know, we had our kids, we decided to put them into the Catholic Church. Well, several, a couple of years later, in 1983, my husband died. Okay, so then a few years after that, I remarried a man whose mother was Baptist, father was Presbyterian. He used to preach at his church, but he brought a hooker one day and thinking he was going to save her, but the people sitting around her all got up and moved. He was very angry and told them what he thought of them. Never went back to church after that. Well, that my husband got very ill in 2014, and in the hospital, a preacher came to speak with him, and although I thought he would want to say, no, I don't want to talk to you, he invited him in, and lucky for me, lucky for him, he found Jesus again. After he passed, I moved back a couple years later, maybe a year later, back to New Jersey, where I was introduced to Fellowship Community Church. The church gave me that same feeling that I had as a kid of, of being welcomed and wanting to be with the Lord. So I decided now's the time for me to be baptized and continue leaving my, leading my life with the Lord. And throughout the years, my Bible passed, Presser, they born for they shall be comforted. What I didn't tell you was that I became a registered nurse and that became part of my ministry in my nursing was to, you know, comfort people. Judy, do you want to testify to your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes.
Judy, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Likeness of his death. Here we go. Likeness of his resurrection. Trish is going to join me. This is Trish. Trish, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. All right, we're going to hear about it. Hi, I'm Trish Giordano. I come from a Catholic background. I attended uh, an all-girls academy through my childhood years. In my later years, I felt there was something lacking in my religion. The Mass seemed so repetitious, and I wasn't getting any scripture from the sermon or finding out about Christ's life. So my son and I talked about this, and my son Brian is the one that planted the seed. He felt the same as I did. He ventured out and found a Bible-based church. He shared his experience of how he felt and what he was learning through scripture about Christ's life. I wanted that. I wanted that. I wanted to feel like he did. So one day I remembered uh, the Fellowship Church right down the street from me. People, my friends, remarked how what a beautiful church it was. And um, especially they talked about the nativity in the um, colder months of the year. So I came and uh, was enlightened and just filled with joy. The hymns made me cry. Uh, I, I just felt closer than I ever have before in the two years I've been here to Christ, learning through scripture and, and the Bible. I shared my experience with my friend Gary, who's here with me today, and he also attends with me and um, is loving every moment of it. Uh, we are going to dedicate uh, our life to God, our Savior, Jesus, and our friend. And I feel um, very um, excited and blessed to be a child of God and be baptized of my own free will and from my heart. Trish, do you desire to publicly testify of that relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes, I do. Trish, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, likeness of his death. Likeness of his resurrection.
Paige is going to join me. Paige, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. I'm going to hear about it. Hi, I'm Paige Calabria and this is my testimony. I was raised in a Christian family and in a Christian church and I went to Sunday school and loved learning about God and what Jesus did for us. Um, one day at Sunday school I did the, the prayer and the like asked Jesus into my heart but I didn't really understand what it meant and I think I was kind of just doing it because all the kids around me were. My home life wasn't exactly perfect growing up. Um, and I kind of took it upon myself to try to fix things in my home. And as like an eight-year-old, I couldn't really do that, obviously. Um, and I kind of, when my parents would fight, I would just like jump in and be like, but guys, you shouldn't do that, like do this. And it kind of never really helped and never really worked. And I just um, got very discouraged and I just kept like beating myself up. and just not trusting God on that and um, not being able to help them and fix them, I guess, um, kind of led me into this like depression and I kind of would look at myself in the mirror and not like what I saw and I would just see someone that would never be good enough. So I just kept trying to fix and fix and fix and I wasn't, I was just straying farther and farther from God and it just led me to a really dark place. Um, and God ended up having to literally save my life. Um, he just like swooped in at the right moment and just told me that everything was gonna be okay and that there's nothing I can do personally to fix it and that it's not my choice to, to end my life and it's not my choice to take myself away and that he has so much planned for me. And since then, um, it's life has just kind of been so much better. Like obviously still not perfect, but he's taught me to just love and that the only thing that I can do is spread his word and just love and to know that he's there. And he's taught me that I just need him and that I cannot do this life without him and I can't try to take it into my own hands. He brought me the verse Proverbs 3, 5, which says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And this verse is so relevant in my life because I was just leaning on my own understanding and um, he kind of taught me that I will never fully understand everything that's happening or everything that goes on. And that, yeah, and that it's just, I have to trust him and just give everything up to him. He's taught me to live life knowing that he's there and that he's by my side at all times and that the only thing that I can do, can do to make things better is to spread his love and just to show people that through everything that's happened that I still have joy because of him. And so yeah, today I'm getting baptized to show that I'm a follower of Christ and that I'm actively pursuing and loving and trusting him. Paige, is it your desire to testify that relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes.
Paige, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death, the likeness of his resurrection. Lauren is going to come. Lauren, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Hear about it. Hey, my name is Lauren Brunton. I'm a mom of two young kids and I'm from Canada and I moved here a few years ago. Uh, I was raised in a secular household and I never really knew anything about Christianity until I moved to the U.S. and met a lot of people who are Christian. I started doing mops at Fellowship when my son was uh, two and I met a lot of really nice people there which led me to start going to the church here helped me develop my faith more and uh, everything made sense to me after I read the Bible and I decided to become a Christian and so that's why I'm getting baptized today. Lauren, do you want to testify that relationship to Jesus Christ by being baptized? Yes. Lauren, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death, the likeness of his resurrection. Next is Tom. You want to come in a little faster? <laughs> <laughs> we love the enthusiasm. <laughs> Tom, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. All right, we're going to hear about it. Good morning, brothers and sisters of Fellowship Community Church. My name is Tom Lenahan. I'm here to tell my uh, testimony. About 2011, I was married, had a little first grade son, and uh, my wife left, and uh, soon after I was in a major car accident, which they discovered a hole in the heart. And then uh, I was in the middle of a custody battle and uh, had my son, and it was brutal. I was, I was raging, I was depressed, I was crying, and uh, I, I ended up having an explosion in my head. I was in arbitration, and you know, I was, they were trying to force this custody and give more to my ex, and I just I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I was walking around for four days with a, with a stroke. And they finally discovered it. I've been back to the hospital like 20, 25 times over the years. Ended up getting seizures. All of a sudden, you know, God kept coming after me. Uh, my son was in first grade and his teacher was a Catholic. You know, I'm a former Catholic. And she said, I, I like, you know, Christian churches better than Catholic churches. Don't tell my husband. And she said, come on, come to a Bible study. And a friend of mine owns a golf course and he would give my son free golf. And he was a Christian, former Catholic. And, you know, God kept coming after me, coming after me. And I was, res you know, resilient, kind of like, you know, they wanted me to be an older boy and stuff like that, but all of a sudden one day I'm, I'm standing at my parents' house. You know, I lost everything, my, my job, my, you know, everything except my son, and, and I was worried about my health, and I, I couldn't sleep. 
then all of a sudden I went in the room and I picked up this Bible. You know, I had a Bible my whole life, but I really never read it that much. Um, and God spoke to me. It was like unbelievable. I really realized, I thought I was a good Catholic, this good person, you know, of course I was comparing myself to, you know, people in jail and serial killers and, you know, stuff like that, but I realized I was wicked and I was no good. And, and uh, ever since then, you know, he convicted me of my sin and he's, he's transformed my life. I no longer have the uh, rage and anger and, and sadness. And, and, and uh, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit took over and I feel a fire for Christ. I, I, I have a little bit of a pulpit at Starbucks and Marlton and I love the Lord and I'm so blessed. And I just wanna share that with everybody and hopefully uh, follow God, read the Bible, fellowship and, and love Jesus and praise him every day of your life. Tell the good news. Thomas, your desire today to publicly testify that relationship to Christ by being baptized. Yes, it is. Let's do it. Thomas, my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death. told him he was enthusiastic to get in, and he didn't want to get out. <laughs> great, great work. Last guy being baptized today is Kevin. Kevin's going to come. Kevin, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. All right, we're going to hear about it. Hi, I'm, I'm Kevin, and I, uh, I'm, I'm about to uh, receive the, the baptism. It's a far fetch from how I live my life. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, with an Irish Catholic family. I went to the parochial school, and uh, they, they scared me to death of God. He was a God of fear. He was a God of uh, vengeance. So he was always looking for me to, to do something wrong. And so he could punish me. And this is what my idea of God was. And uh, so I pushed him out of my life. And uh, when I was 13, I found alcohol. Later on, this was to progress to drugs. I was addicted to many drugs um, during, during my, uh, my youth and uh, into my 30s. During that time, though, I did find uh, a, a peaceful group of people, and they were uh, Zen Buddhists. It, it, it was a gift. I, I found serenity and, and peace.
for the first time in my life, and then I didn't use any, any drugs, but that soon passed uh, after a year, and I uh, went right back to the alcohol, the drugs, and everything stronger than I had ever done. It took total control of my life, and uh, I, I, in my mid-30s, I uh, joined uh, AA, and they mentioned God, and I, I didn't know how I felt, you know, but, but I did want God. I knew that I wanted Him. I wanted to believe. As, as I matured in AA, I've been sober for 40 years now, and um, it, it was a, a good uh, program for me. And uh, I uh, got cancer uh, about uh, almost two years ago, and I stayed uh, and uh, I, I wanted Jesus. I really wanted Jesus. I knew this in the back of my mind that I wanted to believe and I wanted to follow Jesus. And uh, I, I stayed at my daughter's house in Mount Lowell and uh, she, uh, she took care of me for two months while I recuperated from the cancer operation. And uh, that, uh, that brought me to the Fellowship Church. And the first day I walked into the door of Fellowship Church, something came over me. I just, I just felt God's mercy and, 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 and uh, kindness and uh, all the things that I wasn't supposed to believe in when I was younger. And God was uh, a God of love and understanding. I could talk to him. And, uh, and Jesus was his son. And I firmly believe that. And uh, I learned to accept Jesus, and uh, I, I pray to Jesus and uh, to, to God the Father. I can't say I understand God, you know, but uh, I, 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 I accept Him and I believe in Him. There, there is a higher power, as they say in AA, but it's God and it's Jesus. Kevin, do you want to testify today to your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes. Okay. Kevin, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death.
We're going to close our service now. I, I just want to make this comment. We, we know a creative God. The only unifying reality in all these very, very different stories is this. God. God's at work. God's working through all different backgrounds and circumstances and life journeys. God is pursuing people. Maybe he's pursuing you. Maybe you're here today and it was just a testimony you identified with or a life story or, or maybe just being here with others that seem to identify with, with Christ is making you say, I, I want that. I want to know him. I want to have God not as a, as a being far off, but a God that I know and I do life with. Well, that's what the gospel is all about, that God came to earth in the person of Jesus, God the Son, that he could bring us into relationship with him, that we could do life with him that we could be different by his grace from the way we find ourselves in our own resources and strengths. Any of our pastors would love the chance to talk with you about how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Certainly love to talk to you also if you believe you have embraced Christ and would like to publicly testify in baptism in days to come. Let's stand together and be dismissed in prayer. Lord, we've sensed you among us all through this service. God, we thank you for using music, for using testimonies of life stories, Don opening the word. Lord, all these things cause us as a people to just gather in this place and say, it's true. There is a living, life-giving, life-transforming God that we have come to know. Lord, we love you that you've come among us, that you've come to rescue us, you've come to embrace us. And I do pray, Lord, as we leave, your spirit would continue to pursue all of us, wherever we are on that life's journey, to a deeper longing to know you and walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are dismissed.